morning, good afternoon, good night, right? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the second episode of Synthetic Genetics. Now, this, I recently, last episode, I talked to Dr. Sarah Roberts Katie, who had very interesting, we discussed very interesting things, such as society, um, whether we should enhance humans or not, um, how we're actually enhancing humans every single day and we don't even realize it. Like, really interesting things, right? And this next person that I was able to talk to brings a very unique perspective for he's a pastor. And I think he can give a very unique perspective on genetic engineering through a faith. faith. So, this man... His name is, drumroll please, the Evangelical Lutheran Church. So he's originally from Detroit. Um, he has been living in Durango for about six years and had, he, to begin with, for his life path, he began wanting to become an interpreter or translator because he knows German. I know, cool. But there was this thing in the back of his mind saying, hey, Tim, maybe you should go into the church. And so he talked to his family and friends, and he later decided, you know what, that's that's what I need to do. So he then traveled all over the northeastern northeastern Europe, Germany, and Denmark with the ministry team. I know, pretty seeing a pretty interesting fellow. Am I right? Um. So you have to keep in mind, though, so while Dr. Roberts Katie had a very good understanding and grasp of genetic engineering, Pastor Tim doesn't. He only has the basic knowledge that you and I have of, of genetic engineering, which is un poquito. And so within this video, I kind of asked, I asked the same questions that I asked Dr. Sarah Roberts Katie. I know. How original. But the thing is, I wanted to see and hear the differences on their views based on their different kinds of expertise. So when I asked Pastor Tim, do you think that genetically modifying humans is ethical based on your faith and religion view? His response was pretty much about how the questions that we need to ask about genetic engineering and how we as a society as a whole, you know, like world leaders, community leaders, students, doctors, everyone, parents, mothers, like we all need to come together and discuss and decide whether what's moral and ethical and what's unmoral and unethical. Um, as well as discuss genetic engineering both cosmetically and genetically, you know, like medicine-wise, instead of like enhancing your eye color or how tall you are. They discuss that as well as genetic engineering, like medically. So like curing cystic fibrosis, you know, things like that. Uh, well, given what you have written to me about the 
the vast variety of genetically modifying humans, I would say a conditional, sure. Uh, it's a, I think there's, I think there's serious questions that need to be addressed and, and talked about uh, within the community of, of scientists and I would say faith leaders yeah. and uh, community leaders uh, of all sorts and worldwide leaders especially mm-hmm. um, to be able to address questions of whether it's ethical or, or moral to be able to do such things but yeah. I would say in terms of, of being able to um, address diseases and, and things like that um, I would say I'm in full of support of doing so so long as it is respectful of 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 all life, not just mm-hmm. human life, but respectful of all life and um, has the necessary um, understandings of the implications of whatever decisions made. Mm-hmm. Um, do we do we actually know what is going to happen when we change this? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, does it minimize, does it minimize uh, unnecessary suffering, uh-huh. I suppose? Um, yeah. Or does it alleviate suffering uh, for something? Um, if it's do- being done cosmetically, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not so much in favor of yeah. that. Um, I think that, I mean, that there's good things for, for doing things cosmetically, I suppose, too. But, um, and I'm not saying that it's unethical, but if you're, if we're seeking to genetically enhance a well human being, mm-hmm. then why in the world are we doing that right what implications does that have and um my bigger concern with that is what happens to those that don't Mm -hmm. do that so for curing diseases heck yeah pastor tim is in total and utterly in favor and i really like it when he says as long as it is respecting is respectful of all human life not just human life because I think you can take that so many different ways, such as respecting what makes humans human. And what and it kind of makes you think about what is life. And I understand his confusion on why we would want to actually enhance a perfectly good human. I mean, like, what's totally wrong with us? And and I mean, like, why, why, why would we want to do that? And it makes you kind of feel like we are creating something bigger and greater than ourselves. That's at least how I feel. And Pastor Tim. Greater than ourselves, yeah. I think we're creating something other than ourselves, though. Yeah. I, I wonder whether we're starting, once we go down that road, if, if I can choose to have a child with brown hair and green eyes and superior strength mm-hmm. and extra intelligence and all that stuff um, then I start to treat that child as a thing not as a inherent True. human being yeah. full of possibility and wonder and flaw and everything beautiful about the world mm-hmm. um, I think we can tend to oops, sorry I think we can tend to be um, I, I wonder if we're scared of imperfection uh, yeah and and don't see the necessary beauty that comes along with that if we're trying to find the ideal human then uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen uh and and yeah so i I think that's part of the thing this then led us to talking about humanity's obsession for perfection 
and how we wish to create the ideal human. And I think by doing so, it will kind of create a divide in society. And Pastor Tim kind of explains this a little bit better than I ever would, but he kind of agrees too. The other thing is, again, if, if parents or if anybody has the option to be able to create a designer baby and mm-hmm. say, here's all the things that I want, um, I think it will inevitably create uh, a wildly different but potent class system mm-hmm. of, of people who have chosen to do all these things and have these super super babies and then you have those who either can't afford it or choose not to or don't have access to it or a whole host of reasons don't have a baby that they've been able to design well then are they seen as less than in a way it's like genetic engineering is missing as well as messing with the beauty of people in nature for it's a beautiful and flawed thing, and that's why it's so unique and beautiful. And genetic engineering is like missing that because we want it to be perfect. We want it to be this, and it's you. If by doing that, it's then missing their uniqueness, right? And I think when asked Pastor Tim what was his initial reaction when hearing and learning about genetic engineering specifically enhancement therapy and designer babies, he was much like everyone else. He was much like me, shocked. I, I don't know if I can fully get get behind it. Uh, I think it can be, I think, I think it's fraught with, with risk that mm-hmm. is not necessary um, to, not, maybe not to the individual, or to the people who are seeking to, to do so, but but again, that uh, I don't know. Approaching it from an issue of justice, uh, I suppose I would say there's lots of other things that maybe we ought to address before we start designing babies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if we can put our use of genetic engineering to towards um, I don't know uh, a better way of being able to provide nutrition to those who don't have it um, Mm -hmm. or don't have access to it. That seems like a far better use of our time and energy than it is to try to create um, something so much more bigger than ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, There's vast areas of the world that don't have proper infrastructure. They don't have clean water. They don't have food. They don't have basic necessities of life. And we're designing babies. That seems weird. Yeah. (laughs) It was kind of clear that it's not something that he's in favor for. Genetic engineering, that is. For it should be used for more of the medical side of things rather than enhancement. For example, what if genetic engineering was able to clean, was able to, I don't know, say genetically engineer people to be able to drink dirty water? I mean, isn't that putting genetic engineering to use? But at the same time, you have to think about the different, the different repercussions that would happen when altering a person for that, to allow them to drink dirty water. Like, what are the, the, the repercussions? You have to think about all the repercussions. I mean, we don't go down that road. 
I don't know that it's necessarily ethically wrong to do that, but mm -hmm. but once you make that decision, do you have do it, it needs to be uh, some other issues need to be addressed. If we do that, how does this affect the the larger ecosystem? I mean, it, it, we're not just talking about affecting humans, but when you change one little part of the ecosystem, everything else has to adjust. With it. Mm -hmm. um, so if we do that, then what else is going to have to change, or what else will suffer as a result of, of doing that? Yeah. Um, and um, if we, from a faith perspective, understanding that God has created the whole the whole cosmos, I mean, that you have this God who, who loves and has uh, given life to all things, um, then how do we nurture and be good stewards of, of that? Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. think that needs to be something that we think of yeah. if we start to go down that I mean, that's, a, that's an ingenious solution, though. I mean, mm -hmm. so, so I'm not saying don't, don't look at it, but there's it's some bigger like, questions that need to be figured out before we... Like, to even say, try to go down that path. Right. Um, so, interesting, right? Now, I want to hear something more, or almost equally as interesting. Well, when doing my research, I found a scholarly article on genetic engineering, being able to cure and or alter a child with Down syndrome. Sounds pretty cool, right? Like, that, that's doing amazing things. Well... What I read was like, yeah, it would be amazing to do such a thing. But the struggles that that child goes through and the way that that child lives is who they are. So one can argue that by curing their Down syndrome, you are then changing, changing and altering who they are. That might be a great instance of, of, of Christianity, and, and I'll speak from my, uh, so there will be lots of Christians who will disagree with me, and there will be lots of them that think I'm maybe on the right path, but um, I would say that would be an instance of, of Christianity being able to champion and say yes to science. That's fantastic. Um, can we do things that will be able to, to um, alleviate suffering uh, and be able to do so in an ethical and, and moral and just way and wise way um yeah that's great whether it changes the soul of the person no but i i do think that it starts to to um again put into i think we should put a, approach it with some degree of humility uh, mm -hmm. that we might be able to change the life of this person and successive generations uh, thereafter of this person um, or I mean if we are able to eradicate some disease entirely that's awesome yeah um, but um, but again I have to take a step back and look at the greater picture of, of things too and so um, I would say what else by, by putting our energies or efforts towards that particular thing, what else are we not addressing? Mm -hmm. um, the reality of science and, and religion and other things around the world is that money controls a lot of things. So we put a lot of money towards cancer research and things, yeah. but not a lot of money towards other diseases that are affecting lots of people too. So yeah. sickle cell disease, for example, among African-Americans is something that's well known and documented 
but doesn't help a whole lot of research or money towards it. Mm-hmm. But the money's all in cancer research. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I don't know. So, I mean, but being able to ethically decide, well, which which ones are we going to work on first? <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah. How do we do that? An interesting thought, right? This one leads to the question as to what is the moral and ethical line? Is there one? What? What is? It? Where is it? What is it? Pastor Tim's view on this line is uncertain, yet he has a general guideline and a view on what it may possibly be. Well, I'd be more of one to say that it's probably going to be more of a, uh, maybe not case by case, but at least uh, issue by issue kind Mm -hmm. of line. I don't know that I'm one that would necessarily say there's a hard and fast line for this, but um, but I think if if we can approach things from a a holistic perspective make that we take things uh, that we take the whole interconnectedness of of creation in consideration um, we are respectful with whatever decision we make that is we respect the life mm-hmm. of humans and all creation mm-hmm. um, we seek to um, we seek to promote life rather than get rid of it <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good thing um, yeah do so but do so with a perspective of, of being able to say um, this is a just uh, a just use of of this technology mm-hmm. then I think there can be there can be a line that's drawn I suppose um, I don't know that I would say that there's that I can name where that is yeah um, and whatever we do I think um, from from our my faith perspective believes that we are always at the same time saints and sinners uh, and that one aspect of that means that we might have the best of intentions and we are still going to mess up royally <laughs> and uh, and that becomes part of our our sin that that we bear and uh, so we we rest on we rest on God's grace to know that God still got us in our hands uh, and we still strive and try to do our best, but but we're still going to fail. <laughs> it just will never, we can't ever be perfect. Yeah. And then in the end, it always comes back to respecting all life, as well as thinking about all the repercussions of each decision that we make on this amazing and advanced technology. We have to think about what we are going to mess up, and but have faith. We must, we must have this faith in God, right? That he is watching over us and protecting us. For he has given us this ability and knowledge to create genetic engineering. But in a way though, by using this technology, aren't we trying to play a God? We're I think we've God. always been trying to play God, even before genetic engineering. Uh-huh. I mean, from a, again, from a Christian perspective, we. The, one of the very first stories in the Bible is about Adam and Eve uh, in the Garden of Eden and eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, that uh, in that moment, they try to be like God. And the rest of the Bible and the rest of history uh, just follows that same line. We are just always trying to strive to to play God in that way. Genetic engineering is just another, another, thing. another instance of how that comes about. That. Um, yeah. I think we just, yeah, we're 
we're inclined to want to to be like to that. be in control, uh, and genetic engineering gives us another opportunity to do that, uh, and we can either use it or abuse it. That's true. Uh, yeah. Else. So I sure hope. So. I mean, it makes sense that humans are trying to play God, and that they always have been trying to. Does that make us good stewards, though? Will we be good stewards of God when using this advanced technology? And are we going to use it for good? So, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, well, again, it comes back to humility. I mean, yeah. being able to, to do things um, and um, approach them knowing that we don't know everything. Um, being able to approach things and know that at some point, we're not going to do it right. Mm -hmm. um, if we if we go full force into whatever it is and think that we've got it all figured out, we're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if we if we approach with caution, if we approach things um, understanding the implications on a wide variety of people and include a whole wide variety of people in the decision process, so that it's not just up to lawmakers One or and two like people yeah. yeah i mean if if we can listen to the voices of those who don't have a voice if we can listen to the voices of those who are who are particularly marginalized then i think we got some some more hope than otherwise yeah. i would say so don't be ignorant be cautious and inform and include everyone within the discussion on genetic on genetic engineering that is what we should do that is how we should be good stewards. I then be began discussing with Pastor Tim, what does the religious perspective have to offer medical ethics? I would say it um, promotes a degree of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. I don't want to say caution, that's not the right word, but, but just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do something. Yeah. And I think religion provides the opportunity for us to reflect on whether or not this is something we ought to do. Um, science has the ability to do a whole ton of things mm -hmm. and that's awesome and will continue in the future. And that's awesome too. Uh, I think that's a gift uh, that that humanity has been given uh, yeah. to be able to do all of those things. Yeah. I don't know that it's something we ought to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think religion provides a provides a lens, not the lens, but a lens in order to understand where those where those boundaries are uh, and what allows us to, totally agree, to yeah. proceed or not. And I think again, and this goes back to what we said earlier, if we're afraid of, of uh, imperfection, mm -hmm. then that can lead to some, some particular actions that I, I don't know would be so helpful. If we're afraid of, of finitude, if we're afraid of the fact that all things come to an end eventually that leads to maybe some unhealthy decisions too uh, i think it's okay for things to come to an end mm -hmm. i don't want to live forever no. please don't no, <laughs> um, no. i feel like it, no so if if we're trying to address things in an effort to try to to rescue us or some part of creation from from death i don't know that that's the right uh, perspective to take so yeah, no. Yeah, there's, there's some grace to death. <laughs> so religion 
helps people reflect on the fact that just because we can doesn't mean we should. And that we're creating some amazing things and it provides a certain boundary on whether something is moral or not. So, I want to thank you for tuning in to Synthetic Genetics Episode 2 with Pastor Tim. I, You have no idea how much I appreciate this. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next time, I will be talking with Acacia Mick, who was a student in bioethics. It's going to be interesting, guys, so tune in. Thank you. This is Niana Salazar, and thank you.